Akira. I don't know who that is. Welcome back. Um, today, uh, I won't be talking about Akira. Um, I'll be talking about something that's related, though. Um, I'll be talking about the Giver, and to talk about the Giver, I have on a guest, uh, Jack Genocide. Uh, we're gonna talk about the um, first episode of the uh, Giver anime series, along with the feature-length uh, version of the film, uh, which I believe came out in the '90s, if I'm not mistaken, right? 1991. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which is directed by uh, Steve Steve Wang and Screaming Mad George. Yeah. <laughs> great, great director name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Screaming Mad George. Um, yeah, I think we'll start. Uh, let's start it off with with the f- episode one um, of of the of the of the OVA because I feel like one, it's I liked I liked it. <laughs> i mean i liked the guyver when i was younger um is this your, let me just start it by saying uh is this your first uh time uh watching the guyver at all yeah yeah it is yeah, really? wow, really? yeah. And i'm gonna ask you for like yeah. a list of movies like this to watch because it definitely um <laughs> i got you definitely hit like a lot of inspirational kind of mm-hmm. notes for me in an interesting kind of way um yeah, it was, it was definitely, um, I, my take on it was David Cronenberg's Power Rangers. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good way of sort of describing it. Yeah, it's definitely Cronenberg's Power Rangers. Yeah, uh, so Bio Booster Armor Giver is the actual name of the manga. Um, and the manga is actually, um, I believe, uh, this is how you say the mangaka's name, which is Yoshihiki uh, Takaya. Now, again, Yoshihiki Takaya. If I butchered that name, I'm not Japanese. I am right. Japanese. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, but but um, what's interesting about him, though, um, upon me sort of like looking into him um, is that he started out in manga, but he, he started out actually doing hentai. Oh, OK. Um, yeah, he get, he actually began his career as a hentai manga artist under a pen name. Uh, now the pen name that he went under is uh Mori Mor Moriwo Chi Chimi Chimi. Again, I know that's probably the wrong way you pronounce it, but that's <laughs> well, fake names. Um, so you can, you can get it. Yeah, wrong. it's a pen name. It's not even his <laughs> real fucking. It's not even his real name. Um, and then sort of um, I believe again he's he's I believe he's still alive. I think he's like sixty three now um and again this is an adaptation now i don't quite know exactly when uh the actual let's see here let's let's just look it up because we're in front of laptops so initially um boost bio booster armor guyver uh was published in monthly shonen captain uh which is a a manga magazine which was uh it began in february 18th of 1985 okay And then when uh, Shonen Captain was discontinued in 97, then the manga got serialized in the Young Ace magazine and then licensed by Viz Media, which that's a bigger name. I know Viz Media, Um, Star Comics and Chong Yi Publishing. It was adapted into the the OVA series, right? Yeah. 
And then it was followed by the two American uh, live action movies, which again, we'll be discussing the first one. Um, And there was actually a novel released in 1989 um, and then two light novels in 1995. Now uh, I remember seeing the Giver when I was very young, like really young. Like I want to say I came across the Giver. I might've been 12. Oh, okay. I might've been 12 years old. Uh, it was one of those movies that played on shit like HBO or Cinemax. It was one of those, it was one of those movies that also floated around the video store and the, these places, they used to have these places called video stores, Jack, back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> they were, were you I was right on the end of that. I was right on the end of that. Rent into the building and you, you, purchased, you rented the tape. My local, <laughs> video, my local video store closed when I was like 18. So it was so, right. Yeah. So but Hollywood movie. video was closed when I was about 15, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Hollywood video. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, um, but the first episode of, uh, of, of, of uh, Giver, which we watched, mm-hmm. is actually, uh, I believe the, the name of the episode um, is called Genesis, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, really, it's, it's, it's pretty much a, an introduction to the actual series because it's like it really i really feel like the 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 majority of the episode is like just you know introducing the the protagonist right and then sort of like we get introduced to this it's very interesting too because we can contrast it with how how the movie handles it because it there's similarities but there's huge differences right yeah like like i did notice you know um it opens in a similar way you have a you have some guy on the run carrying a case with these Giver units in them and he's he's on the run but in the in the movie which we'll talk about a little bit more um more in depth than I feel like the OVA but uh in the in the movie he's being pursued by these men um and he's being pursued by them in the OVA anime uh but these guys are actually like suited up and sort of like uh they have a, they all have, they have a very specific kind of like, they look like Cyclops from the X-Men. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like uh, in terms of like, they have these, these outfits with these goofy visors. Um, and you sort of, you're sort of introduced to this character. We don't really know much about him other than he's trying to, you know, take these, whatever he's carrying in this case, these units. Um, and then he's, he's basically a, attacked in the, in the woods more or less by these guys. And he transforms into a giant fucking monster, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, before that, though, he, I believe he tries to like stop a truck, um, and a, you know he gets hit by a truck, really. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't die, which, ironically. And then I think the truck driver looks under the truck and sees the the case with the Giver units because he literally opens it up, sees these three Giver units in the in the case, and it's like it's all it's like a pulp fiction moment right where they open the open the briefcase up but yeah. you actually see what's in the case uh and he's looking at them and he's like but then he, he immediately gets killed by this giant monster which we don't understand yet that is the guy right like right. because we just think it's a monster it's kind of like yeah. the way they present it to us um but immediately following that sort of like opening scene before to jump back and forth because i'm all over the place i'm on I'm, <laughs> of like, I'm, all, I'm off of like two coke zeros right now jack i'm really <laughs> really all over the place um all right but um yeah so we're introduced to this character this kid called show he's like a you know a high school i guess high school age kid yeah um he's walking with some friends right um and it it just kind of sets up this whole like you know world of like show is going to be the main character you know he, he has a crush on this other girl 
his mm-hmm. best friend apparently is her brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's, he's trying to he's at some after school active extracurricular activity. And the only reason he's there is because he has a crush on the girl and she's involved. Yeah. But she's not paying him any attention. And I guess the guy, the guy who like runs it, ask her and her friend to stay after. And like, you know, he leaves and he's all butthurt basically because, you know, he wanted to spend some time with his crush. Way more soap opera elements. Yeah, it's very soap opera. Versus the the movie kind of sets itself up like a like a classic karate movie or something. Yeah, it does definitely. And then it turns into like (laughs) (laughs) yeah, really weird. Uh, But the but the OVA is interesting because like it sets that up, and then basically, you know, when we discover that like this guy can transform, and he's a zoya, he's a zoanoid. Right, which is a very weird name, but these 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 creatures, these these shape shifting humans who can change into these monsters, they they're called zoanoids in this Giver universe, right? Um, well, this guy basically, um, because he's trying to escape with these Giver units, um, he's being pursued. Like as, as I already said, hello, <laughs> he's being, he's being pursued by uh uh someone who wants these guy units because apparently we get we get uh we're not made aware of why they're so important uh, we just know that they're important given the fact that everyone wants them um and what happens is sort of he's chased down by this group of men um these men who are like i said already described and, and they're all in this very specific kind of uniform uh and it triggers a fight basically uh between this uh zoonoid guy um and 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 these men and and we really quickly realize like they could all transform because he transforms and then one of them transforms to fight him um and he's clearly overmatched by this guy and he even tells him like you know like you're not you left too early like you're basically gonna you can only survive a week like whatever the transformation process that you've underwent like you need you're like you came out you're not fully cooked, bro. Like you're, right. you're done for. And like, basically, and so just tell us where the Giver units are, where you hid them. And, you know, I'll give you a quick death or whatever, but of course he yeah. doesn't. Um, in fact, uh, he has a bomb that he's sort of, we, we discover he's keeping hidden like in his, in his mouth somehow, I guess he like partially swallowed it. I don't know how, I, I don't know. Uh, but again, come on, it's an anime, like, right. you know, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, basically he blows, he, he triggers the bomb. Um, he explodes doesn't kill the other guy the other monster but sort of basically makes the other monster crazy because he damages his brain missing an eye so the the rest of the teams is sort of like oh he's out of control like we you know what i mean like his guy's out of control and so i guess like one of the characters the who's i guess is the leader of the group calls to the boss you know again anime tropes you know what i'm saying like yeah. he calls back he's like yo he's, he's out of control and then he tells him like yo you can handle him like you know you can just transform kill him like but the most important thing is the guy units like we need to get them back we can make more zoonoids but we can't make them like you know right. uh, that's the exact words and then uh so he transforms but again while this is happening um show and his and his and his best friend they're walking through the for through the wooded area they notice the explosion right and one of the guy units actually comes, falls down in front of him, and uh, Show goes to look at it, and the, actually triggers the guy unit to activate, and and, it, upon, and upon it activating, it literally consumes him, and 
basically becomes one with him, right? Physically melds with him, transforming him into the Giver. Right. right. And then he sort of like jumps into the water as his friend just kind of watches helpless and horrified of like what's happening. And he like sort of disappears and his friends just left there like dumbfounded, like what happened. Right. Um, at this point, uh, the, the creatures show up. Right. <laughs> and um, they're there's the fight is can, like that is pretty much over. But the guy still the one creature still going crazy. And we think, oh, shit, like dude's about to die. But of course not. Show aka the Giver appears again from out the water and proceeds to destroy these monsters rip their limbs off <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah and very gory like it's a very gory uh uh that's what i appreciate about this the Giver anime is like how gory it is like it's <laughs> really like just like, if you want to see monsters get like chopped up um so he like he like kills the one monster the one zoyanoid guy who's going crazy then the, the other guy who who had transformed to stop his 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 comrade right basically is like well you can't defeat me like i don't know who you are but he has these giant like shoulder uh internal mounted like laser blaster things or whatever right. and then the guyver like opens up his chest and like literally shoots two laser blasts out of his chest <laughs> just like completely disintegrates homie and at that point like uh his friend is like looking at him and he's like he, he says show and then he turns to him and he's talking to him and he's like what what happened to me and he shows him his reflection and he like freaks out like what happened to me i mean i mean which is a i guess a a sane reaction to sort of like his situation right yeah <laughs> um uh and he transforms back um to himself and then we see sort of like this interesting kind of like um ghost image of 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 the guyver sort of like floating off into and then like descending down back into the water yeah uh, and then the, the episode just ends like that's it like it's over it's the first episode um i've watched a long a very very long time ago uh i watched some of the guyver uh ova um and i need to go back through and watch them but i remember like the first six or seven episodes being like really good um and I forgot. I really liked, again, I really liked the Guyver, the movie um, when I was a kid. Um, yeah. Um, and then upon returning to it, I remember like, I didn't remember. That's a better <laughs> thing. Um, I didn't remember how fucking goofy it was. Like, it's really, <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucking goofy. Um, but before we get into like that, um, what were your feelings on the, o the, on the episode one of the, of the OVA, Jack? Um, well, I think, uh, well, yeah, I was mentioning the whole, um, the whole sort of um, soap opera element and everything. Mm. And it, well, it's interesting. It's interesting that both of these you kind of have a what um, Avital Ronell, the, the philosopher, talked about um, as a she was this philosopher who like dated Derrida's son and everything. She's not famous right now, but um, <laughs> but she um, she um, she talks about this idea of the tropology. Mm -hmm. um that you have like sort of like different sort of like a geology of tropes and mm -hmm. like with a with a manga or an anime you have um different tropes that are typically 
notes being hit the same way that like a rock song has like you know you're, you're gonna have the a b a kind of sequence or something like that you know um verse chorus verse type of thing i guess but um but like with the with the movie with the american movie with mark hamill in it you know you've got um you've got a completely different set of tropes mm -hmm. that uh where like this was making me think about how i never watched um the sequels to that one cronenberg movie um with the head exploding scanners scanners i was like i should watch the scanner sequels this is like this is like the same like ideological terrain as the scanner mm -hmm. sequels i feel like of like mm -hmm. superhero kind of noir kind of you know um but then like the karate stuff is in there so it, it kind of mixes it up but i guess like the the anime the, the anime felt more like something like evangelion or something like that or voltron or something yeah. like that yeah and this felt the movie felt more like uh something that like red letter media would watch on like best of the worst yeah like, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah i definitely want i definitely i definitely you know let we'll, I'm gonna say fuck it, and we can talk. We can just, just start talking about the movie because I feel like the the episode one of the of the of the OVA is you know it's a fairly it's a fairly entertaining you know quick succinct you know yeah typical kind of first episode of a of a of an anime series, right. um, and I do feel like there's a it, I feel like it's one of those where it probably is best to to just sit down and watch uh like a series of episodes back to back to back to back to back yeah. you know? and it it, it 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 is it's designed for that and it's definitely for that but i feel like yeah like just if it's free on youtube like go watch it like it, yeah. it, it, it definitely, <laughs> definitely go check it out it'll it'll introduce you to the world of the guyver it'll it'll familiarize you with sort of um some of the some of the 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 uh, what what's the word some of the uh, rules of the world and also some of the uh let's say vernacular of, of <laughs> you know because like you know there's a very specific sort of like terms and, and like things that you learn um you'll learn it if you watch the movie but i feel like the ova is probably a better place to start because i feel like it's a little bit more logically co coherent like you yeah. know what i mean um uh, but moving on to the sort of uh, uh, canon films produced, I believe. No, not canon. Was it canon? Can it was canon, wasn't it? That makes sense. It was the kind of movie they would have made. The reason I reason I'm I, not I sure. the reason I stopped on that was because Brian Usna mm -hmm. of the Full Moon is is a producer, and now once you see Usna's name, it already sort of kind of lets you know what like what kind of what kind of territory you're in. Like yeah. For those who don't know who Brian Usna is, he's this guy who founded uh, Full Moon Movies. Uh, full, uh, full. It's not, it's not Full Moon Movies. I think it's Full Moon Films or Full Moon Pictures. But like he's done like all these movies, like um, Puppet Master. Uh, I think uh, Usna did the Reanimator. Uh, oh, okay. The, the yeah, he I think yeah, I think he put that out too. Yeah, this had um something Quigley. I forget her name. That, yeah, yeah. It literally it, who was not in Reanimator. She's in that other horror movie that. I actually read letter media reviewed like with reanimator that's why i'm thinking of it yeah but um i'm trying to think uh uh which is also in the in the one of the night of living dead movies yeah but brian usna he's done so many like 
Jeffrey Combs is also in this, who is who literally is the main character of Herbert West in the Reanimator. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, Jeffrey Combs is the <laughs> si- is the si- one of the scientists. Yeah. When they go into that toward the end of the movie, mm-hmm. so I mean, again, Brian using the connection, but you know, yeah. Brian using Brian using has done from Beyond. I mean, uh, from Beyond, some of Society. Of yeah, Lauren Quigley's in from Beyond. Yeah, from Beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Society, Society, which is a uh, for I don't know if you've seen. Society. I've never seen that one. I've heard that one's really cool though. Yeah, the shunting is a very uh, memorable moment. If you, uh, yeah. yeah, for those who out of context, it's a moment in the movie. Once you watch the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, um, that definitely has some Cronenberg elements to it too. Um, heavy, especially toward the end. Um, but Usna makes these kind of movies where where they're a very uh, sticky, um, uh, <laughs> kind of over the top, uh, kind of cheesy at moments, um, but but done in kind of like you know low rent kind of genre shit, lowest common denominator. I'm not necessarily meaning these as negatives. They're just kind of what it's just kind of what it is, you know. Whether yeah. you like that or not is totally different, you know. Um, I tend to have film like i said there's films that i like like that and then there's a lot of stuff full moon stuff that i'm like get get this out of my yeah get this away from my face right now yeah. <laughs> like get my eyeballs off the shit like uh well that that's that, well, that, that that actually i think is an interesting place to, to jump off because you 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 before i watched this you described this as a dumb movie that was actually <laughs> going in on it like i didn't know anything about this movie mm. other than we talked about uh manga and everything and mm. so you implied that maybe it's going to have something to do with that and you said this is a dumb movie <laughs> and so i watched it from that perspective and mm. like so that kind of made me like you yeah, know, that, that, yeah that, it, that led to questions like why you know why is ryan you know <laughs> interested in this what what is the um and i think that's a good perspective to walk into a dumb movie from because mm. Um, I don't know for me this kind of um, it opened a weird door for me because I um, I had been writing I've, I've been re- I've been writing and rewriting this book that takes place in Delaware that's kind of my in a weird way Joe Biden novel in a weird, weird sort of way <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, say more you know he's from you know he, he was he was um senator from delaware and everything mm. senator delaware and everything uh and also delaware is this weird tax haven yeah like, yeah it's a fucking weird epstein place. island of rich <laughs> families that get away with put it like what fuck there is a whole really disturbing story that um one of those big it's a french family i think dupont i'm i don't, I don't want to yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be like sued for defamation, but like something like say, that. <laughs> I want to say he was a, I want to say he was a Dupont heir, yeah. and he just literally like molested his child and like was tried and convicted, and they were like, "Well, we're just going to put you in a, a little program for like rehabilitation." for mo- child molesters. <laughs> it's like you fucking raped an eight year old, and you're like you're like they're just like well you're not gonna do well in prison with all those blacks so Mm. like basically they just literally didn't punish him for any of any of it and it's like easily googleable shit i want to google make sure it's i I, if it's if it's not dupont it's another rich family i don't know that it is the duponts Mm. i believe he's a dupont heir but like whichever i think it's the duponts they literally just bought this fucking part of maryland and that's what delaware Mm. is and now it's like a weird corporate haven that's like 
uh every like a bunch of corporations will base themselves there so that if they ever get sued they can say we have to have a lawsuit in delaware because they have like friendly courts there allegedly etc yeah yeah, um but like so um but so the reason why i was i was thinking of this was um i've been writing this book and it was very influenced by this comic called savage dragon which is from the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know all those. Rip off the Hulk. And, you know, it was the same, like, the Spawn image comics, 90s era. Um, And this kind of brought me, like, an open door for me because it's like, there's so much, there's so much enjoyment and so much, like, imaginative, like, sort of explorative, like, brain mapping or like brain sort of like like space for you to, to, to just dive into if you can accept the like low aesthetic and intellectual standards of bad movies like there's so much there's so much there yeah, yeah. Um, well it's interesting because not to cut you off jack but uh that's the second time savage dragon has come up on this podcast <laughs> uh first first oh, yeah. first episode of akira pilled uh my guest carl slominski who's a comic artist and writer himself oh cool uh, he brought up uh, Savage Dragon. You know, obviously, Savage Dragon is uh, Eric Larson's uh, comic book that he's been writing to this yeah. day. Still writing, yeah. still writing Savage Dragon. Um, three hundred something issues in. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's longest it, ongoing comics. Yeah, I remember reading Savage Dragon like when I was young too. Like one of the first Image comics I think I read ever. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, part of the reason I'm interested, part of the reason I wanted to talk about the Giver, is mm-hmm. because again. I say it's a dumb movie, but like I loved it. Right. When I was like that, that's that's an interesting when I was a kid, you know? like I was like, this shit is the this shit is fire. Like right. this is, like I didn't be like and then now like now that I'm older and I come back to it, like I just remember like you know, my fondness, but then I rewatched it. I was like, Oh yeah, this is really stupid. Like like I forgot, <laughs> but also like even though I felt that there was something still cool about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's something so cool beyond like Beyond like the, it has great effects work. One, like the effects, the practical effects in, in, in the Giver are fucking like pretty impressive. Like I'm like, even now, like despite how goofy the movie is, like that's one of it, but it's also sort of just the concept. Yeah. The concept about this, this thing that the Giver, the way it looks, how it, how it like yeah. part of his body, like it, it's just, there's, it's, you know how like sometimes like it's like there's, something that's that like conceptually right like it's so rich yeah even even if the execution is so uh mediocre or subpar there's still something about this the giver as a as a as a as an idea as a as a storyline i can kind of like going back to savage dragon i can kind of like intellectually or whatever justify savage dragon in a weird way even Mm. though it's stupid yeah 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 it's yeah. like it is like it's a combination of this guy who wrote spider-man mm-hmm. and his love of jack kirby's new gods which is brilliant mm-hmm. and and um and this weird moment in comics where like image comics is rebelling against marvel comics mm-hmm. um and also ripping off peter david's hulk which is just like a really amazing, amazingly written run of the Hulk. And he's just kind of creating this weird synergy between Peter David's Hulk and uh, 
Kirby's new gods and also not giving a fuck. So he's just he's just throwing everything at it. And it's also the untouchables in a weird sort of way. <laughs> the, the, the plot of the first run of first like 20 issues of Savage Dragon yeah. is like about this whole gang war in in Chicago. But but like um I and guess did, and he did a Savage Dragon uh Ninja Turtles crossover too. They like yes. a few of those. Yeah. With, with, yes. <laughs> Everybody crossover. With Kevin Savage Eastman Dragon. and the uh, <laughs> Hellboy too. Hellboy yeah, crosses yeah. over with Savage Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Spawn crosses over. But yeah, definitely the, the Ninja Turtles is the big one. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. There's a couple crossovers. Uh, um, but but yeah, like um, I guess the, there's. Well, for, for, with with this movie, I think it was like Super Sentai, like Ultraman, mm-hmm. um, and like that mixed with and Godzilla, and like obviously, and and like mixed with a weird kind of like body horror thing going on with it. Um, it made me think about David Icke actually in a weird kind of way. <laughs> I guess I guess everything kind of makes me think of David Icke, but David Icke. Um, you know the whole reptilian like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like gnostic reptilian kind of uh yeah. the world building at the very beginning is like the aliens came down and they created the human race as a, as a biological weapon mm-hmm. that would you know be able to transform into these beasts and and that's basically and then you have this corporate dude who's mm-hmm. got like a third eye which goes again to from beyond <laughs> very much like from the yeah, yeah, yeah. The dick. The yeah. big forehead thing um you know but but that and then also scanners so like also that moment was also very like when he starts using his telepathic powers is very much uh, reminiscent of scanners in a weird way yeah i'll i'll go ahead and like for those for, for the listeners i'll do what i usually do on mas which is i read a uh the synopsis on letterbox for the guyver 1991 here we go uh lost for centuries only one man can activate it FBI agent Max Reed witnesses Dr. Tetsuo Sagawa, a researcher for the mysterious Kronos Corporation, being murdered. Dr. Sagawa had stolen an alien device known as the Giver from Kronos. College student Sean Barker, whose girlfriend's father was Dr. Sagawa, finds the Giver's hiding spot while watching the forensic team investigating the crime scene. And that is it. I mean, I mean, that's a pretty, I mean, that's like a, it feels like it just cut off. Like he finds it and then what? <laughs> like he becomes a fucking Giver. Like, you know what I mean? Speaking uh, of cutoffs, how do you feel about the sequels to this movie? Um I remember being uh kind of more partial to the first one. I okay. need to re- I need to rewatch the sequel. The sequel's very much the same same deal though. Okay. Like in terms of like, you know, very um it doesn't have the the cast uh that this one has like this this has like notable yeah. i mean obviously the most notable is mark hamill as the fucking that moment where mark hamill turns into a fucking cricket and... yeah 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 that that, that <laughs> i say that's the fucking like rob botine from thing the thing like mark hamill transformation like it's like <laughs> it's like a, it looks like it's from john carpenter's the thing like the yeah way, yeah it's fucking legit like yeah. creature effect shit but again that's what these directors backgrounds are steve wang and screaming mad george Specifically, Screaming Mad George is known for his effects. He's done effects work on like all the big movies. Gotcha, that makes you know sense. what I'm saying. So yeah. yeah, that's that's why this the star of this movie, and that's what I put in my actual review of it is the star of this movie is the fucking special effects. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. not it's not all these names. I mean, like again, like Jimmy Walker. It's, that's fucking crazy that Jimmy Walker's in this movie. By the way, <laughs> Dynamite, Jimmy Walker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. Well, we'll get into. Oh, actually, that's that's a whole that's a whole tangent. Yeah, it's that's a black, whole other rabbit. The blackisms of this whole film and like the kind of weird like <laughs> moments of black exploitation. Yeah. Kind of mixed yeah. in. Mixed in. What yeah. like what was what's your take on all that? <laughs> like, remind me know. of Power Rangers in a way. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's definitely some Power Ranger s to it, but like you got to remember, like uh, Screaming Mad George is mm-hmm. like a a his name is a his real name is joji uh tanai and he's japanese right he's literally from uh, like osaka and he like immigrated to the u.s okay you know and, and and became pretty much known for his like gory special effects and shit and yuzna's used him in a lot of movies at, on his movies which was why brian yuzna's movies those full moon movies had great effects right like one of the things like reanimator and like uh again i already mentioned uh, society yeah uh, a lot of these using the movies that are known for like these really gory kind of like cool special effects it's because screaming mad george gotcha. was, okay. the, was the guy behind it and then you had steve wang who's the other director he's taiwanese um mm. and i think i think he moved to the u.s when he was super young too uh but but uh he's also a makeup artist and creature designer um and i think i think um he worked with like guys like uh Rick Baker and Dick Smith and Stan Winston, you know, like big names and special effects and shit. Okay. Um, so again, like you got two special effects kind of experts as the kind of co-directors of, of this movie, which is really, it's really a showcase for their skills more so than gotcha. anything. Cause like the storyline is like, it's just fucking, it's not even important. You know what I'm saying? It's so goofy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then like the sequel dark hero, which is, I think is only directed by Steve, Steve Wang um doesn't have the level of like uh cast as as most of these people who are in like this movie the first one they don't i don't think any of them come back for the second one um all the people all the actors uh in in guyver 2 uh dark hero are just like pretty much people that like are 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 no names i need to rewatch it though because honestly um i mean dude like the movie's so goofy. I can't, I can't like, <laughs> I can't stress enough the goofy tone of this movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're introduced to like, again, this, the, the opening scene is, is as described, which is we see uh, Sagawa, the doctor running, running with this. Uh, the difference is it's not in a forest and it's not in Japan. It's in, a, it's in America somewhere in some city. Right. And he's running down like a, a, a river, like, you know, like one of those river ravine, like concrete ravines. And he's being pursued by these men in a van. And immediately, immediately you notice uh, one of the guys in the van um, because he has such a fucking memorable fucking face. Uh, it, it, and it, it's, it's crazy because it's like you see him in so much shit. Um, yeah. And it's the guy. It's, it's, it's basically the guy who we all know from fucking uh, The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, it's, it's Michael Berryman, who I think died. I think, he I think he died recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So because he, not... but he's pretty much known for sort of like his distinctive, like physical appearance, right? Because yeah. like he, he has some sort of like a uh, weird, like giantism. Uh, it's like a genetic condition which prevented him from like developing like sweat glands and hair and even fingernails. But right. you, every every time you see his hands, you notice like oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no fingernails, right? But like he, he, he just became. And Michael Berryman's always been in movies playing like some intimidating like weird crazy motherfucker again he'll have eyes you know um yeah you know so like immediately when you see him you're like oh shit like he's the main like leader of the group of zoonoids 
you know, trying to retrieve this Giver unit from, from yeah. Sagawa. Uh, and again, one of those other people is Jimmy Walker, <laughs> yeah. JJ, you know, um, from fucking good yeah. times. Um, yeah. Uh, it, again, like colorful cast, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, we, it opens with this scene. They chase him down. He hides it in a lunchbox, like, and puts it all, all, all with, or with like on a, with some trash, basically like some discarded, fucking furniture leaves the fucking uh actual like guyver unit in lunchbox then they catch him they fight he turns into a giant monster then of course michael berryman turns into a giant monster they have a fight he kills Mm -hmm. him um again it's really like that moment at that moment let me just ask you like when that happened were you sort of like whoa because like (laughs) as goofy as it is like those effects Mm -hmm. are so like legit like even now i'm like when I was watching, I'm like, this shit is so goofy. And then I'm like, oh yeah, but these effects are cool as fuck. Like, yeah. You're like, wow, this is like really like detailed. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially for 91. You know? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Like, it's shit. For a cheap, relatively cheap movie. A relatively cheap movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, you you automatically see like this transformation and you're like, holy shit. Like, okay. Like, it, it already kind of lets you know immediately, like, okay, yeah, this may be like a low budget kind of silly movie, but like, there's you already know you're dealing with something that's setting it apart from yeah. like, you know what i mean like and that's that, that that initial sort of scene with the with the with the creatures kind yeah. of like clues you in immediately like oh this is going to be interesting like sure. you know what i mean like um and of course then like following that scene we're introduced to to our hero who is the corniest of corny white guys um ever uh sean <laughs> sean <Yeah>. barker <laughs> uh yeah, he has a crush on uh, Dr. Shigawa's daughter. And apparently, again, they don't care about stereotypes in this movie at all. Like, because uh, he owns, apparently she runs a a, a fucking ja- a school for, uh, what is it? Uh, the shit that Steven Seagal has a black belt in. Fucking uh, Aikido. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking Aikido school that she runs, right? A right. Japanese woman who runs an Aikido school. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Whatever. You know, so Sean is one of the students and you're introduced to him having sort of like a, a fight with one of his fellow classmates who turns out to be in a gang. It's fucking stupid. Again, like, but <laughs> you, we get the sense that like he's not really good at Aikido, but he really has a crush on Sagawa's daughter who runs the shit and he actually offers her a ride home, right? Yeah. And but that gets sort of uh, sidetracked because enter Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, right. who was waiting for Sagawa, because Mark Hamill apparently is a fucking CIA, CIA agent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't even we could even say like it's the most uh like he it's weird because it's like you could tell like like they don't know what a CIA agent is, like, because this is like, dude, he's like more like a detective, like he's, he's like, like a cop. Yeah, he's, like a, he's like a fucking, but a specific kind of detective too, like a detective in the movies. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but like they have, they just like he's CIA. <laughs> yeah, and they even even like Mark Hamill's weird like outfit that he wears with the two buttons on it. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't. Yeah. Know. Again, it's just weird shit. The weird. He's unhinged. Shit. His 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 performance is very like reminiscent of his like Joker. Performance mm-hmm. and Batman, the animated series, and the the video games. <laughs> like oh, Mark Hamill gives just... Mark Hamill has some great like weird. I mean, he's a libtard and like really has one of the most cringe accounts online. But like, um, yeah. but um, I think he that's has a whole good, tangent. 
Yeah, and that's a whole comment. tangent. Like I think he has like a U- are you because you heard about his his, his controversy bio? when he like liked the he liked one of uh what's her name's tweets, uh, Harry Potter lady. Oh, he liked one of J.K. Rowling's Like she said something anti-trans, and he liked it. People wanted to cancel him, and then he like immediate like as soon as people started saying like actually Luke Skywalker's gay, he's like yeah Luke Skywalker's gay. I'm pro gay. So Luke Skywalker's actually gay the whole time. You should know that. If you don't like it, you're a bigot. <laughs> you know, just like complete like uh, trying to like it's just it's just really funny when like the people that kind of don't. I don't know, and that, that that that's a whole thing to get into. But but the the people that like want to follow the program of like you know <laughs> like liberal yeah. identity politics or whatever, but they don't yeah. quite get it because they're they're a little too old and a little too out of touch, a little too like in Hollywood and shit. Yeah, so yeah. Then yeah. then like they end up like slipping up and they have to like like redeem themselves and you know and like try to yeah. So he's he, he's a mess he's a huge mess in that regard but yeah, definitely definitely you know. but he does have some interesting like character kind of actor oh yeah roles throughout the have you ever seen sushi girl no so sushi girl is a complete and total tarantino ripoff movie uh oh. has an interesting it has like tony todd in it and mark hamill um and just you know um and it's one of those movies that has potential like it's ultimately like to uh What's the word I'm looking for? Ultimately, it is far too sort of. Uh, it's too much of a ripoff. Like it's too, it's too it, like for it to actually establish its own identity, right? It's too derivative. You know what I'm saying? Its derivativeness is ultimately what kills it, kills the movie. But it does have a great opening, like in a cool concept, which like the opening is a woman, like I think it has the Diamonds Are Forever song, like uh from james bond i think that kanye sampled or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. like it opens with that song and it shows this woman being a sushi girl which is you know she's butt naked and she's like laid on a table and they're putting the sushi on her body and and it's like this this guy gets out of prison and and he's being brought back to meet the men that he did this fucking robbery with because they want to find these diamonds right and there's just yeah. So the Tony Todd, who's like the the ringleader of the crew, has brought the they organized them all to come to this like basically closed restaurant where he's hired a sushi girl that they eat the sushi off of. You know what I'm saying? And meanwhile, while this happens, like they're trying to find out where the money is. It's a cool setup because the girl's there. She's supposed to be like completely silent because she's a sushi woman. Whatever right. happens in here, she can't say shit. Yeah. Some holes in that. Why would you do that? Whatever. But like, there's a lot there. But I say all that to say Mark Hamill is really good in it. Okay. Like Mark Hamill <laughs> plays a shitty scumbag fuck and he's great. Like he's really okay. good in it. Like, like he's the, the, the save, he probably saves whatever, whatever you could say about the movie, the flaws, like he probably saves that movie. Yeah. He's the, well, he's, he's the reason that the movie's watchable in my opinion. Like, um, okay. And ultimately, like I said, the movie, the movie kind of is cool, but it's also kind of not cool simultaneously. Like, yeah. You know, but but Mark Hamill is like a low key kind of like good at doing weird little roles like this where he's not like Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? Like he was never quite a leading man post Star Wars anyway. Um, you know, so so which is I think George Lucas is really good at that. Like he's really good at casting these people who are like not suited to be leading leading people. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like he, he literally does it every time almost. Like, it's oh, like, yeah, I just um, hmm. 
went in on a whole deep dive about the prequel movies. And <laughs> yeah, like how do you feel about Hayden Christensen's performance? I mean, it's horrible, but like <laughs> everyone's performance is horrible though. And 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 it's like it's a combination of like the worst dialogue, but also the direction too. Like it's gotta be because George Lucas is probably just again, like I remember like them showing the behind the scenes of him like sitting in a fucking chair way far away and there's the actors are on green screen and he's watching through the monitors sort of like directing that way mm-hmm. and it was just like yeah like they're delivering the worst dialogue ever it's like what can you do like you know what i mean like it's so bad like you're like i want to like judge caden christensen for that but i'm like but everybody was horrible i don't think he's i don't think he's particularly good in general as an actor but like yeah. i mean bro like you know what i mean like that dialogue is so bad like the stuff that they say in that movie is so bad like right i feel like jimmy walker is sort of jar jar binks Um, (laughs) any like he's very jar jar binks-esque in this movie like um um but i was on record as saying jar jar binks is kind of like a racist character but oh yeah yeah yeah. i also feel like you know jimmy walker is sort of like a racist character like overt versus covert like that yeah 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 yeah, like I feel like he is. Uh, I feel like his persona is racist. <laughs> like he's like a caricature black person. Like you know what I'm saying. Like it has always been accepted because like he's Jimmy Walker and that's his thing. But it's like right. kind of a, like you kind of look at them like, bro, like you want some other shit. Like like, yeah. <laughs> like, like what yeah. the fuck are you doing? Like, like what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like you're almost like. It's almost like he's in blackface, like you know. What I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. As a black that, person, that 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 role in cinema is blackface in a way. Right, I know why. Like, yeah. it's just not cool. Like, no. <laughs> and then in the, in this movie, he's like he's rapping again. Like his rap yeah. is unforgivable, <laughs> dog. It's fucking horrible. Like he breaks out and raps. Yo, mama, why you want to be so crude? You must think of me as one rude dude. You run with the sugar and spice, so why don't you just act real nice? Back to work. But we don't even know what that Gava thing looks like. It's comically bad. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. Like, again, I'm just taking, I'm just going to chalk it up to like, these are like a Taiwanese guy and a Japanese guy who they just don't understand. Like, I don't know. Like, what I don't, it's just weird. It's just, all the decisions are fascinating to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that, that casting him is fascinating, right? But then like the way they use him in the movie is fucking fascinating. Like, but I, want, I wanted to um, just, just, briefly digress about the sequels i've been watching these um videos and there's an article uh this this marxist dude um chris catrone who's like he's like um he's a he's like a weird kind of like marxist but he's like anti like he criticizes the left a whole i mean this that's i guess it's pretty popular now it's pretty it's pretty typical now but um he's like he's he like calls himself the last marxist and all this sort of stuff um and he wrote this article saying that like were the star wars prequels like the end of cinema basically like were those the last movies that you know um and he talks about like the 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 object of the film as like you know treating it as however stupid or smart or whatever it may be 
how many people are watching it, what cultural impact it's having, et cetera. And, um, and that like, well, okay. Well, for one thing, uh, well, so he, about the, the end of cinema, he basically is saying that his, like, we're in this weird place where it seems like, like we're at the end of history mm-hmm. and the star Wars films were like the last, like kind of project, um, that we can kind of like point to like that. It is like really the last trilogy. Like I can't think of another trilogy that was like a main, like a main, like in the way the mainstream films have trilogies. The Terminator movies just keep on dragging on and on. Those Alien movies, Prometheus, and everything. They didn't even get to the third one. They just had two of them, and they they, they stopped it because um, the second one was you know kind of hated. But um, yeah, it, it, like Star Wars, the prequels, you know, as much you know hatred as as is levied on them, and I, I think there's a similar thing with the Matrix. Uh, sequels too mm-hmm. that it's like they were disappointing but i can't really compare that disappointment to like the just non-event that is like the third hunger games movie or you know the third i don't even like i can't even think of um yeah there's there's like like sci-fi trilogies are kind of over and the star wars trilogy obviously the the new star wars movies were were like you know non-events that like you kind of maybe you had to see for social reasons or maybe you had to see Mm -hmm. for like childhood nostalgia reasons or whatever maybe but he really deep dives into like uh one of the points that he makes is that um that maybe the um and maybe this is giving lucas too much credit maybe it's not but that like uh hayden christensen and natalie portman's performance is deliberately uh awkward in a way because it's trying to kind of alienate us from the idea of like the main character like like it's basically presenting to us anakin as the main character but then like deliberately creating this weird distance from that and then it's like presenting like a a normal love story to us but then like you know they they're cringe as fuck like they're just like if we don't like them they don't work together but somehow they're falling in love they have zero chemistry yeah they're they're in love and shit yeah right like is that intentional if it's not intentional even if it's not intentional it's there and it's like it's something we can read even if it's a mistake it's like a good mistake because it's like this is like the love story that leads to the death of like millions or maybe billions of people you know it's it's and and it's, there, there's interesting things in there whereas there's nothing interesting in the in the sequels trilogy you know? yeah yeah the the episodes whatever the fuck what is it episodes seven eight nine seven eight nine yeah yeah, yeah. well again because that's at that point that's when you know Lucas sold, sold, sold it to Disney, and then handed over. Sold it to the, the slave. He sold it. He sold it to the Empire. What, what did he call them? He called them um, whites. I sold it to those white slavers at Disney. Yeah, yeah it's crazy because it's like <laughs> Lucas is like the Empire is Disney, you know, right. like and he, now they own it. Like yeah. it's like and it's reflective in in the fucking movies. Like where it's just like they're just corporate garbage. You know what I mean? Like um. The first one is like J.J. Abrams remake of the first fucking Star Wars. And then, yeah. and then the second one is Ryan Johnson, like because Ryan Johnson can't help but think he's smarter than everything that he exactly. does. Yeah. He has like literally the one motherfucker who every time he makes a movie, he has to tell you how much he just has disdain for <laughs> whatever it is he's made. Like 
he makes fucking uh looper or yeah probably one of his better movies yeah yeah like i'm I'm so smart i know time i can do time i can do sci-fi time travel movie let me show you uh he fucking does knives out and he's just like i'm gonna show you how to do a mystery their mysteries are stupid this is stupid genre i don't fucking like it but here's how you do it though so but brick was was i think kind of good brick was good but it was only good because it was novel and what i mean by that is like he took uh noir like detective shit and just set it in a high school contemporary modern time and it was completely noir it was completely completely, like it was was like like, using the language and everything Yeah, that was the only like a noir movie is not new like you know but right 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 he just changed it and set it in a fucking high school during the fucking you know early aughts or whatever like that was the novel idea to do and it was like yeah cool yeah. Uh, but 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 it's just like one of the he's just one of those filmmakers. So he gets a hold of Star Wars and he just shits all over it. He's like, yeah, it's fucking yeah. the Force, the one. It's stupid. Like, and you know what? Honestly, while yes, I agree with him. Like in terms of like the stories that they tell about the special person. Like, no, nah, that's just stupid. Like, right. no, no, no one's special. Like, fuck that. It's just a regular person. Like, I like the sentiment, but I still like think that that movie's terrible. I'm like, I um, liked it when I watched it. But I remember sitting in that theater about an hour and 45 minutes into it, and it was like, I get it. Yeah. And there was like another 45 minutes of that fucking movie. And then Luke Skywalker <laughs> like, was like, just drinking like, like drinking like blue milk from a yeah. thing, like from a fucking alien breath. Like it's weird shit. It's just weird, like which I love weird shit, but like, bro, this is just weird. And then JJ comes back and like retcons the shit that he, you know, and makes it just bad, doubles down on all the shit he was doing before. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like, I feel like Ryan Johnson, as much as he's pretentious and a dweeb and everything, like, yeah. I at least like had a moment where I was enjoying that movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas the rest of it was like this weird drug where it's like, it just was like a hallucinatory experience of like, like both, both of the J.J. Abrams movies. It just felt like they were just bombarded me with so much. And I, it's the point where like, I wasn't supposed to think about it well yeah but that's and, part of, that's part of jj abrams sort of um yeah i don't even want to call it aesthetic i don't even want to call it aesthetic. he does have an aesthetic don't get me wrong but like i feel like bombardment is part of his uh approach to like to fuck with the audience and what i mean by that it, is, you're not supposed to think about it right exactly that's what i mean like that's how he's fucking with you is it, yeah the manipulation is like I'm going to bombard you with shit so you don't pay attention to like how like shallow this all is. Yes. Like, and that, that's cinema, that's cinema right now too. That's cinema yeah. like that's cinema like, in general. There have been yeah, yeah, yeah. two there have been like David Cronenberg's mm-hmm. uh Crimes of the Crimes of the Future. Yeah. And um Tarantino's Once Upon a Time Hollywood. And I'm not gonna pretend to be someone who watches like a shitload of movies. I, I watch a good mm-hmm. amount of movies. But those have been like the two movies that have come out that have been in theaters that have been mainstream films mm-hmm. that have made me think about really anything in the yeah. past like four years. Like I was, you know, I was like convinced that like, and that maybe like I should just ask you for recommendations for new movies. Like, <laughs> but like those are the, the last two movies. Like like when when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, I was like, this is the last. This is the end of Hollywood. This is the last movie that's actually going to make me think about anything. And then I was like kind of blown away by. Um, by Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future, which is not a great movie. It just, it just, it just sort of recaptures some elements from. I say, I, bet, I, bet, I keep, I'm, I'm right. I keep, I'm a big Crimes of the Future like 
fan. I'm like, you no, know, me too, me too. I'm, I've been, I'm say, I've been I, telling I people, that movie. I've been it was telling just, people, it was just, you know, you know and I've been telling people they're wrong about the yeah. times of the future the whole time. I'm like, you guys are wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm like, give it five years and everyone will be like, Crimes of the Future was amazing. It's just right now. Politically, like, psychologically, aesthetically, yeah, like yeah. fucking philosophically, that would be like, they, they're pretty mind blowing. Right. And their, their, their complaints are all like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the complaints. It bores people who are yeah. watching Marvel movies. And they're like, also like, movie. they're also like thinking about Cronenberg's past work. Yeah. And they're saying, oh, it doesn't meet the expectations, but it does. It like, perfectly synthesizes horror <laughs> like his his entire like horror chapter of his life mm. with the whole post-horror like fucking i'm gonna make a movie about freud or i'm gonna make a movie about the russian mafia or whatever like it's it is the perfect if, like, if i said of, this too i said this too if brandon made yeah. crimes of the future they would be like yeah. oh my god right <laughs> but it, because it's david because it's father, yeah they're they not get like a lot of people can't get that out of their way but if yeah brandon made it they would be like this is amazing brandon is the He's the next coming because I mean, like they already trumpet like everyone. Like even even though I I, I keep saying this, uh, I really liked um, his second film. Like I I really did. Like um, but which one? Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of Brandon. I have literally never watched any of his movies, but I've I've heard um, they're great, so I'll start watching it. <laughs> I want to watch Infinity Pool. The second, yeah, Infinity Pool was disappointing. Like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was super, I was super disappointed. Uh, because, because basically, I was so like into uh, uh, Possessor, which is the second movie. Okay. Uh, um, I thought Possessor was pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, has some pretty memorable scenes and moments, and I was just like, uh, I was, I was like, I'm gonna watch this next one because Possessor got me like, okay, I'm, I'm, I have my intention now. And then I watched Infinity Pool and I was like, eh, like, okay. it has moments where like, it starts out kind of strong mm-hmm. a little bit. And then it just sort of like, then it just, yeah, I was just like, again, it's hard for me to like really shit on Brandon Cronenberg, even though I have a tendency to talk about Nepo babies that way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but the reason I don't want to is because I feel like he is one of the young filmmakers out youngish filmmakers yeah. who are making a movies for adults. Yeah. So like, the fact that he's doing that makes me not want to like be too harsh. You know what I mean? Where I'm Speaking like. Speaking of uh, Nepo babies, we're about to get another fucking Euphoria show. Oh my god! You saw the the ads for that? Uh huh. Mm. The the uh, the weekend. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh oh, and also the other Nepo baby, fucking, um, Tarantino, not Tarantino, um, uh, Johnny Depp's daughter. Is a star. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Julie, Julie yeah. Lily. What's her name? Something Lily Depp. I forget. That just looks like like it looks like straight up. It, it, I was watching that. I was like, this is like one of those ads that for like the HBO pornos I used to do like twenty years ago. This is like literally that, but it's like an actual mainstream HBO show. I'm just like, fuck. Yeah, you like, know, Sam Levinson is like, I've I've gone on record to say like. I did like his one movie, Assassination Nation. I actually right, right, that. right. I like that. That's the only thing he's done that I've liked. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only thing. Um, I thought his 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 COVID movie. Uh, yeah, that was shit. That was shit. Was yeah, <laughs> it was so bad. Like it was pretentious and like shit. It was dog shit. And like, um, I've never watched Euphoria because I've I don't need to watch Euphoria. I, I'm like, yeah. I, 
I watch kids. Like I had Larry Clark when I was growing yeah. up. I, like I don't need to see you for <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's nothing, there's nothing they could tell me that I like, you know what I mean? Like I'm like, and plus, like I get it, like a lot of people are tit are like they're like the titillation, no pun intended. Right. Like, you know, I'm like, would they like to see the young girls nude and shit? And I'm like, bro, like, nah, I'm good. Like, like I mean. I'm good like i don't like i don't care like right. not that i'm not that i i don't have a problem with that I, i'm always telling people because you know there's been a huge i don't know if you're online enough jack to probably have come across this uh new sort of prude wave right well let's talk about like, that actually that's, yeah, that's yeah, a the, good topic yeah the that's new wave of prudes right where it's um, like yeah oh, movies should never have sex scenes and all this right. shit. like yo like what kind of puritanical ass motherfucking you know what i mean right. like you know like I always say this and I've, I say it a lot, which is like movies are supposed to be reflective of the world you live in. Right. So this idea that like there will be movies void of sex is so stupid when sex is one of the primary motivations for most people. Right. Like it's one of the fucking primary. First of all, it's it's a requirement for the continuation of the species. One. Yeah. Where there's a reason why we have a, a sex drive. It's for people to procreate literally. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but also like it is, it is a drive that why people do a lot of things. Why are there so many, ig models yeah why is you know like you know like why are all these do you delve into the trad stuff and everything that yeah, 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 yeah. it's really yeah. interesting that like one when, when people purity spiral in this mm -hmm. way where they where they're into you know i want I'm trad waifu and i need to i need to just mm -hmm. be like a normal 50s and it's typically white dudes but there's there's a black end of this too Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but and especially Hotep, like sort of, sort of, yeah, 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 of this. Sure, but yeah. but it's like even when they get the trad waifu, it's like no, but you were you were a whore for like five years before you became trad. You're not a real trad. You're just you're just a pick me whore who like yeah. wants to pretend to be trad. And it's just like <laughs> they 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 encounter this kind of like the impossibility of their own ideology, and it's just mm. it just you realize that the root of it is just this kind of complaint about the hedonistic society they're responding to. Mm -hmm. They don't have any kind of real solution to it, really. It's just, it's just kind of this, this, um, but, um, I don't know this. I'm, I'm very, I'm really, um, you're, are you into, sorry, I'm like going all over the place. No, you're fine. You're fine. Are you into Nick Land? Uh, yeah, you've asked me about Nick. Uh, well, me and Nick Land, and I told you, um, like the only familiarity that I had had with with uh with Nick Land is that 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 book that everyone. Bang Numina. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Bang Numina. He he he. Um, in this one essay called "Making It with Death," that's my favorite thing that he's ever written. Other than uh, there's annihilation is really good too, but but making it with death, he basically like breaks down how like the um yeah thirst for annihilation i've, I've i have I actually crazy. have that book yeah that's really good yeah i've yeah. never read it though i need to <laughs> it's really good um but like in making it with death he talks about how he basically says like uh he well he does this whole like kind of weird he's obviously delizian like his whole idea ideology is like like basically taking deliz in this right-wing direction but um but he talks about how liberalism liberal anti-fascism is actually just like following the exact same kind of oedipal schema as fascism mm -hmm. and they're both just like stuck in like basically he defines fascism as this like misogynistic racist you know uh 
like treading in the same ground forever, like romanticizing that you're just going to stay in the same place forever and um and like never never advance towards anything else and like demonizing every alternative to the way that you're living right now mm-hmm. and that that same demonization happens with liberalism that it's like liberal anti anti-fascists are also demonizing everything that's alternative to the way they're living as fascist and that that's like the new wave is like to use hitler as this demon as this daddy figure mm-hmm. that basically symbolizes every alternative to the way that we're living right now and that like hitler did the same thing with like the jews or the blacks or whatever it may be that that he he would demonize them and and this trad thing is doing the same thing where it's like the slut is the symbol of like everything bad about this society right but then the alternative is like slut we're gonna have a slut walk and we're gonna you know we're gonna romanticize being well, is, is it, correct me if i'm wrong but hasn't like nick bland like um there he's went through phases right there was like oh, a, definitely. There, there was definitely. like a good version of nick land and like there is no like, good version of nick land I, I will stand by that i mean <laughs> but, but i mean good in terms of like i mean like some of the stuff that he had to say right but like now it's like he's like in this like hyper racism kind of like alt righty kind of i i had this Actually, today I was I was uh, kind of having an epiphany about this. Um, but I mean, he is the oh, guy yeah, who basically well, well, yeah. he's known for like making like the term accelerationism a popular. Kind yes, of, you know, and that, I mean? that was the good plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like a key aspect of one of the key things in it is globalization. Mm. Is like if you read his like earlier stuff, he is his enemy is the nation state. Mm-hmm. and like the government and like regulation and everything and capitalism is going to lead to this like total globalized cyberpunk dystopia you have like you know cybernetic mm-hmm. organisms and everything and um and the shift i think kind of happens when he starts talking about how actually nationalism is good as mm-hmm. something to stop this kind of he his new enemy is um he calls it uh democratic world government democratic world government that that's his enemy now and before his enemy was government like it was like the nation state and it kind of i think he like had this weird red pilling black pilling moment somewhere in the 2000s where he kind of realized that um it's not it wasn't as simple as the way he was putting it um and the way like if you followed his path you could actually end up i guess i guess like some of the things that he had he had point some of the directions he pointed people in were traps basically from his his own perspective and so it became this whole thing of i don't know um i'm not <laughs> i don't want to like defend him too much but uh yeah right, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure it, like like it's just one of those things where it's like you know like when you get when you come across like controversial figures like him right mm-hmm. where it's like the thing about it is like it's clearly like he is uh uh a piece of shit uh <laughs> but like but like that doesn't necessarily mean that like some of the things that he's you know some of the thing some of the philosophical points that he's made in the past aren't like interesting or relevant yeah. you know what i mean like re- regardless yeah. of like and i got again like you're talking about somebody who's went who's been through 
several different stages, like whatever yeah. stage he's at now, which is, you know, somewhere uh, fucking being a eugenicist or whatever the fuck, <laughs> whatever the fuck he's on right now. Um, that doesn't take take away from some of the previous things that he sort of uh, was at the forefront of, you know what I mean? In, yeah. in terms of like ideas and just, you know, like, so that's always interesting. It's always interesting to, have, you know, have people uh, like, like, I don't know, just, you gotta, it's weird. Cause it's like some of the, some of the, some, sometimes like thinking outside the sort of traditional norms of the world and society that we find ourselves in sometimes that leads people to weird fucked up places like you know what i'm saying like yeah. like, like yeah. Where, where where like the mind that kind of was able to sort of come up with like interesting perspectives or outlooks on things that people you know like again the whole accelerationist shit like, yeah that, that's the same mind that led to uh now <laughs> i'm curious though um what but i say this i say this as as someone who's 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 i i consider myself to be kind of like dumb when it comes to okay to that shit like you know what i mean but, yeah well that that but that's that's well okay so deleuze who's lands you know kind of yeah, deleuze, yeah. His, yeah. His, his his like jedi master slash like darth vader figure but but um <laughs> deleuze said that we need a non-philosophical reading of philosophy right and that's always been where i'm coming from even as someone who who does try to read a lot of the shit i i see myself as like a non-philosophical reader of a philosophy a non-philosopher who's reading philosophy and I, and I think that's kind of where you're coming from too yeah for sure um, and so i'm curious about your negative negative um perception of him and yeah what what, what are some of the so you've heard these races yeah i mean my i don't even want to say it's a negative perception like i would say that's too strong okay. of, of a way of me describing it it's because it's not it it's 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 just like from what i know right yeah. from what i know um he's just on some other shit like you know he's on some other sh- yeah. yeah right where you're just like oh like when you the first thing when i came across like him like being like sort of into like this like in the hyper racism shit and mm-hmm. like you know like his shit with but uh, that's explicitly something he just said to piss people off right right i get it he's trolling you know whatever he's trying to be prov- provocative you know what i mean like i get that i he's that kind of figure right you know yeah. what I'm saying? like you know, he's definitely a fringe philosopher. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to call him that, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, again, like, I just like, it's like all these guys, like, it's, you know, like, he's not, there's plenty of Nick Landish figure, Nick Landian type figures, you know what I mean? That we yeah. come across that are just, that do this kind of thing. You um, know, in film, I think the closest person to him for me is, uh, what is that guy's name? Uh, Lars von Trier. Yeah. Yeah, I would say Lars von Trier. Okay. he's basically the Lars von Trier of philosophy. Yeah, and they look at it similar in a weird way. I would, you know, it's like it's like it's not even a thing of like negativity as much as just, just like, yeah, he's just on some shit. Like, you yeah. know, like you just hear him talk and you're like, oh, he's on some shit. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, I, I thought that I was a Jew, but I realized that I. <laughs> <laughs> 
just like, what? Yeah, exactly. the fuck, Lars? Like, what do you do with that? You're at the Cannes Film Festival. You can't say that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you do with, you know, it, I don't know. Like, you know, so it's not it's not one of those things where, like, I have strong feelings about land one way or the other. As much as I'm just like, I know, I know, I have probably stronger feelings about some of the people who are big into land. Exactly. Actually exactly. Land himself. And he said he said in a tweet, somebody said, like, I'm a big fan of yours. And he was like, No big fan of mine doesn't have some kind of mental illness. Like, that's, <laughs> exactly. that's exactly how I feel about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. The no, fandom no. of of and and there's there's a, a big difference between like his project and the people that have kind of grafted themselves to his project mm-hmm. versus like I feel like he reached the point he's reached right now. Mm-hmm. From like a kind of intellectual, fa- uh, like um, faithfulness, like, like believing in his project as much as he does, mm-hmm. this was the only conclusion he could come to that would make sense. Versus, there's a whole bunch of people that have like been like, yeah, Nick, fuck yeah, Nick Land, who are like just libertar- libertarian kind of shitheads, right? And right. never read Deleuze or anything like that. But he, he's. And that's the thing that you just pointed that out. And like, like I said before, I and I'm saying like it's more it's more along the people who are, you know, really into land is more half more feelings about it's not you have to be kind of like aware of that, because I feel like a lot of people have a very sort of. And I mean, this in a very general way where, where, where we see yeah. this, we see this present in just the culture where it's like certain people are certain topics even are get sort of put in a certain box exactly and then like any association with those things is automatically uh deemed to be sort of like oh you can't even right like if you even reference this person or if you even talk if you even say this phrase if you even it's like people are it's it's like they look at it as like a signal like oh right you're you're one of and the- that goes directly yeah. back to the to what I was trying to bring bring why mm. I brought him up in the first place, mm. which is that he basically identifies that there is this Oedipus complex mm. of the fascist who wants to basically like recreate their fatherland. Their fa- they want to basically just keep tilling the same soil, keep like living the same traditions, and they're terrified of every alternative to that. But that the liberal anti-fascist progressive, the AOCs of the world, basically, um, their fear of being fascist and their their attempt to like judge us as fascist, anybody who doesn't who strays outside of their lines as fascist, is an equally edipal kind of structure. And oh, yeah, both yeah. of them are like based on this fear of of confrontation with death. Hmm. And Land's whole thing is like plunging directly into death like like that capitalism itself is um using death as this kind of engine to to create more um through through like basically hurtling towards death um and fascism is the fear of death and anti-fascism is also the fear of death but death itself land's philosophy is about the freudian death drive right now let's see if we can if we can tie this back into the Giver. Oh, definitely, I can definitely tie it back into the <laughs> No, because I think I think we can. Weirdly mm-hmm. enough, um, it's not because I'm like yo, but I, I do think we can because I, yeah, I think it's interesting because it's funny how like you could take something as trivial as like the Giver, right? 
and yeah. tie it into some bigger sort of philosophical <laughs> well, it's, it's the, the 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 mutations within it like the the um mutation is the becoming thing. other the becoming yeah. other becoming insect becoming monstrous becoming I, or the idea that a man has a weapon inside him you know yes I mean? yeah I actually, you know what i mean that's in the, one of the really cool videos in, on youtube about mm -hmm. land of land getting interviewed mm -hmm. he quotes i think it's from the thing mm -hmm. but it's uh the human being is the most clever place to hide mm -hmm. Like essentially, like the human being itself is like trying to mask yourself as a man. That's the best trick that a, a devil ever figured out, you know. Right. And then you think about it, like the way the guy. And again, is very. I like. To, I have to say this again. We, we've already said this, but like the effects in the movie are really great. But like even the way that the Giver, like, basically, uh, lives within the sean like the way yeah. inside his body and like this a little we see the little scar in the back of the neck but then when the guy the way the way they have it shoot out of his neck and then surround him like yeah it's a fucking like i don't know like it's a almost like this weird like parasitic kind of uh you know what much what much like they did in like spider-man with like the symbiont like the symbiote type shit you know what i mean like that's the oh you open up a hole yeah. <laughs> um one of my friends made a video recently talking about the symbiote and how the symbiote is yeah shout out to mystical green beanie but it's my friend uh jack um on youtube and he made a video about the i don't know how much he edited out of it but what he was describing to me was basically how there's like a weird kind of um toxic relationship between venom and his symbiote like between mm. uh, eddie brock and venom and how venom is kind of like parasite parasitic kind of rapey and like all this sort of stuff um but then also uh recently there was this whole article in about marvel characters about how like basically saying all these characters were actually trans or gay and we need we needed to be confirmed in the comic that they actually are gay as opposed mm. to the, like our head canon that they're gay mm -hmm. and one of them was uh, this character uh warlock who is like the, he's the he's the symbiote suit for this other uh member of the new mutants and people were saying this is a gay relationship they have mm. that like when he steps into the suit of warlock and becomes warlock it's like a sexual relationship mm. between them but um i think it's i think that's like a way of reading it but it's like yeah, i think it's that's a cool. i think that's a reach i think i think a, I, I think it's totally a reach it's totally yeah i think i think it's so fashionable now yeah. to sort of like queer eyes like all all sorts of things because it's in fashion like yeah. like it's it, it's it feels like the thing to do like you know what i mean exactly. like like oh let's but like honestly like i don't I don't see it like even even with like the Giver or or, or Venom like yeah. these kind of characters like no it's a parasite like, and the, which is so much more disturbing right 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 and like there, trying to make it like oh they're just gay together it's like no like it's like there there's is a two there's two kinds right well, well I forget that it's I mean, way more disturbing <laughs> right it's very disturbing but also yeah. like and maybe if you remember J Jack I don't know if you remember what what is the the term of the two the types of parasites there's there, there's the 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 relationship where where the parasite like is killing you and then there's the one where it's like actually a mutual benefit symbiotic yeah the symbiotic it's symbiotic relationship but there's a there's a specific name that's not symbiotic and I can't remember what it is right I'm now not sure. like, I'm not blanking on it but when they talk when they talk about the two parasite the two types of par parasitic relationships let me actually let me let me see if I can pull that up 
Uh, because I feel like I feel like uh, there's something to that. There's something very weird about another creature living within you. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like living off of you. Um, because there's like t- types of, let me see, types of parasitic. You know, I, apparently like listeners love when you do this, when you like look shit up um, <laughs> in real time uh, on the podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see, types of parasite, uh, parasitic relationships. Here we go. Boom. Um, wow, that's a, lot, that's a lot more than I expected. The three types. <laughs> okay, there's directly transmitted. Pers- no, no, that's not it. Uh, five examples of parasitic relationships. Okay, performance symbiotic relationships. Well, this is symbiotic relationships, mutualism, uh, communalism, parasitism in competition, but that's not what I'm talking about, though. Okay. Uh, types of parasitism, obligate parasit. This is the kind of parasitism that parasites completely dependent on the host to complete its life cycle. Uh, wow, 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 wow. Okay, well, again, it's coming back to this. We know what we know what parent we know what that is. Like it's you know what the benefits are. You know, one is one is mutually beneficial. It's mutualism, but that's not what I'm talking about. But this is what they keep showing me. Like you know the types of symbiosis, mutualism, like species A benefits, species B benefits, communalism, species A benefits, species B is unaffected. Like it's like a barnacle, like a barnacle okay. on a whale, right? You know, and then there's parasite, there's parasit- parasitism, which is species A benefits and species B is harmed, which is like a dog and a tick. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, it's just there's it's just very interesting to sort of like even uh look at those types of relationships in comparison to like again, what is the 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 vampire castle, you know, to obviously to quote Mark Fisher, but like this, uh, this, whole, this whole society of where we live in is very, the, the, the vampire nature of, of capitalism in and of itself. Um, how, 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 you know, again, the relationship between the sort of the, the if you want to use Marxian language, right. If you want to say uh, the proletariat, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, 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 and then you have the fucking ruling class, right? Like this is this parasitic relationship where like, you know, yeah. they're, they're living off of, People are all living off of each other and one harms the other. It's it's not a mutually beneficial relationship. You know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. you know, one side is benefiting the most and then the other side is actually being harmed Definitely. by the continuation of it. Like, and I feel like it stems through all forms of art. You know what I mean? Like in yeah. different ways, like there's, there's that, there's that societal relationship that you can like analyze it from, but there's also the interpersonal sort of mm-hmm. relationships that people have with each other. And then, like weirdly, like we do live in an MCU uh, world. You know what I mean? Where we're, we're, you know, they're the biggest thing. Uh, something I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of things just brought up. I would definitely want to talk about the Vampire Castle, Mark Fisher, Nick Land, mm-hmm. and Mark Fisher who knew each other, mm-hmm. and Mark Fisher's lecture where he talks about accelerationism. Mm-hmm. But on the schizo level of the uh, Mandela effect and everything, mm-hmm. um the <laughs> there's something that might come up in one of my books at some point um the marvel universe is called the 616 right yeah the universe um so that's that's that reality is it, out of that's it's number categorization 
Um, like there's a bunch of different realities within Marvel Comics, but the one that all the all the comic books tend to take place in is the 616. And January 6th is 16. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, we're going down the rabbit hole. And since, <laughs> since January 6th, we have mm. been living in a Marvel comic book mm. where Zelensky is Captain America or whatever, you know, basically. And 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 Captain Joe Biden. Ukraine. <laughs> Joe Biden looks like Captain America when he's aged up at the end of Infinity War. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he looks like Joe Biden. <laughs> and this is just weird shit that's just kind of creeping me out i don't know this is that's just a tangent i could go on but but um but yeah it wasn't like, wasn't wasn't uh wasn't uh uh you mentioned uh nick land and F mark fisher but weren't they yeah. part of the uh, what is the cybernetic culture yes research, research yeah. Yeah, right yeah 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 yeah. and like uh they wrote it? a book called Le they wrote a text called lemurian time war which is about trying to prevent certain realities from coming into existence so that also falls into the same kind of schizo category. Again, not... like these people keep coming back up like in everything too. Like, like not only them, but then like, you know, like the fact that like, you know, obviously Deleuze and, and yeah. Guattari and fucking, you know, like, but then like the writers and stuff that like cyberpunk has been a thing that I feel like has become very popular again because we live in a cyberpunk world now. <laughs> and corporate, corporate. Yeah, the heads of the corporations like yeah. Elon Musk and yeah. Neil to a certain degree are yeah. fans yeah. of this type of sci-fi and they're basically turning our reality into it. And then you got obviously Akira, which is, you know, yeah. uh, the whole basis for me to do a podcast because it's so related to everything. And then you got, you know, obviously you got Otomo who created that, but then you got you know, like the guys, people who continuously come up over and over again on my podcast and in general, like J.G. Ballard, you know, William Gibson. Um, even though I I don't even think I've read a William Gibson novel yet. Like um, I'm, oh, I really recommend Neuromancer, man. Yeah, I, I that's one you can read in like a week. Yeah, Neur week. Neuromancer is is on is on the pile. I'm gonna read it. I'm also gonna read uh, Snow Crash, which is uh fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, that I never got through. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, read, I, I've read Neuromancer twice. Like yeah, Neuromancer, Neuromancer is is a must. Is yeah. a must read. I feel like because all these these, these these they keep coming. It's just everything keeps coming back. That's how it is. Yeah, you know what I mean. Definitely. So, so it, I definitely feel like, you know, um, even even in and even stuff like the Giver, which is so fucking goofy, <laughs> like there's just so much about it that's fucking fascinating. Yeah. Like, um, you know, like it's a movie that's like I don't even think the people that made it understood. No. Like, and that's how that's how it is. Yeah. With so much of the shit. That's yeah, how it yeah. is. So much of it. You, you know, know. It's my favorite part of this movie. And it was my favorite. I think probably the part that kind of like. I liked when I was young too. Was when he when the guyver gets killed, right? When he pulls, when he pulled the fucking the the orb out of his head, right? Mm. And he's and it's like he like fucking melts, and then he like grows back. Mm -hmm. There's something about that that's just so. And then obviously the fucking one creature that's actually played by fucking uh, fucking uh, Mister uh, Herbert West himself. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> fucking uh, 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 it burst out of his body as when he when he turns into fucking um, when he turns into a fucking zoonoid, right? But he's yeah. like he was literally reborn out of the creature. Um, yep. I mean, which is obvious imagery. I mean, that's imagery that's been played with before. I think um, one of my favorite Peter Jackson movies is uh, fucking Dead Alive, aka Brain Dead, 
mm-hmm. there's a moment of like the character like re- the rebirths out his mother's you know he punches out of his own giant mutated monster mother's body and he's reborn again because he's a mama's boy the whole movie and then she like <laughs> swallows him eats him and then he comes back out and now he's like i'm fucking he's now he's no longer he's reborn yeah through his mother and now he's a fucking man like mm-hmm. that imagery of like being reborn but also like it's weird because it's like what is the body like when this when he merged with the guyver like he was not like literally he it's the whole body melted away and then like it was just his fucking and it regrew yeah um I just find shit like that interesting. Like, you know what I mean? I just find shit like that has, I don't know why it resonates with me. Maybe it's something to do with like the, the, the fact. I really that- recommend this Cutrone video about the one about fucking Phantom Menace and everything. I'm going to check that out. Because sure. it really, he talks about how like cinema is mm-hmm. hitting us on this subconscious level versus mm-hmm. like other art forms are like referencing things consciously, mm-hmm. literature, painting, music, it's referencing other versions of itself that you can be like, oh, this, you know, riff from Metallica sounds like this riff from Brahms or mm-hmm. fucking Beethoven or some shit like that. But like with with cinema specifically, it's like the one genre that doesn't do that. It's the one genre that is trying to like deceive you. It's it's playing this whole game, this this like house of mirrors type of game where you don't really see the reference when you watch star wars you're not like to some degree there's all these in jokes and everything of like it's references to other other movies but basically it's like it's unconsciously tapping into something mm-hmm. um and the 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 director who really opened my mind and opened a lot of people's minds to that and i know this is like kind of a kitsch thing at this point but it's david lynch like david lynch mm-hmm. is completely you know you're watching his movies and it's like there's like a weird noir thing going on mm-hmm. and then there's these demons and there's this nightmare and it mm-hmm. is it takes you into a zone where you're confronting your own psyche you know and that's and, well, that's it, and I think this whole, movie did too this movie that's has his whole aesthetic though his whole aesthetic yeah. is like taking like the sort of like suburban norman rockwell kind yeah. of like vision and then like in, in the, the white world and then imposing yeah. in this sort of dark noir kind yeah. of you know what i mean like in the contrast of those two things like you know what i'm saying like like uh he's obsessed with that um and it it, it totally. obviously is a is a is a whether it's conscious or subconscious it is definitely a critique of yeah. of modern society but also that kind of you know white suburban existence yeah in in america you know what i mean like it's definitely there and but i do feel like i do while while i agree on some level that film definitely does this in a way i don't i think that all art does it like i do feel like you can i feel like a painter can do this kind of thing too and i feel like a musician can do that too um where like the art that they create like almost like can do things to you subconsciously you know like like you know like when you when you look at a painting like you know obviously You've heard of like the Sten, the Sten, the Stendhal syndrome, mm-hmm. you say like you know what I mean, like are are just even like um, what's that fucking um, uh, what's that weird ass uh like eight like how I forget how many hours it is, you know what I'm talking about the uh it's the music piece where it's like about dementia. Mm. Uh, what not quite f- sure. What the fuck is the name of it? And like <laughs> it like literally it makes people go like fucking nuts when they listen to the whole thing it's um mm. uh what is the name of that oh fuck it's even i think you can even listen to it on spotify but it's long as fuck it's like 
is it like eight hours or some shit? I don't fucking know. Um, I'm blanking on it right now. Um, but it's like, uh, what's the name of the artist? This, he's got a, an interesting ass name. Um, let's see. Let me Google it real fast. Uh, music about dementia. Okay. It, it, it probably music album about dementia. Okay. There it is. Boom. It's the caretaker. Hmm. And you ever heard of this? No. So the caretaker it's stages one through six and you can listen to it on YouTube. It's six hours and 30 minutes long. Um, but uh, this artist, the caretaker, he made this fucking like six hour album. Um, mm. And it's like basically supposed to like take you through what it's like to have dementia. Mm. And like when people listen to it, right. Uh, it, it's like, again, it's this guy, it's, it was a long, it's ambient music. Right. But it's dude, I think this dude's British. Right. And he's like, he's, it was this long project that he worked on. Right. And, and mm. like, if you Google the caretaker, it'll come up. It's okay. immediately. Uh, I think it even became popular on TikTok again because like people would like try to do listen to the caretaker challenge, but like <laughs> it it affect it has such an effect on you. Mm. It's all it's all sonic. It's not he's not doing anything like visual. You know what I mean? It's just all sonically, and you listen, yeah. and people are just fucked up listening to it, and it's fucking one of the saddest <laughs> things ever. Wow, you know what I mean? So it's like, and that's purely audio. That's not that's not visual whatsoever. You know what I mean? Even though he does have like artwork that accompanies each stage yeah. to look at, like, you know what I'm saying? It's not part of the experience necessarily, unless you want it to be, you know? Um, but, yeah. but yeah, I do feel like good art is supposed to work on that other level. Right. You know no, like, I mean, I try to, I mean, I, I play music and I, I, I try to, I mean, look, to, the, not to cut you off Jack, but like, I mean, isn't like fucking something like, uh, Fucking Joyce, James Joyce is this weird ass like yes, you know, yeah, no, shit. totally, you, totally. You like read that shit? Yeah. Like, what is this? What the fuck? What? Is, and that's that is. I mean, what Kershaw might be doing is a typical mm. kind of uh, you know, art, you know, art critic strategy to be like only literature can do this. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It might be that kind of bullshit. I don't know. It's it's hard to say um because he is talking about the fucking star wars prequel so it's like yeah like what <laughs> you know but there's there's something very weird about those movies those are some of the most visually effective movies i've ever seen mm. in my life in terms of like the set design like or like some of it's just obviously special effects but you know the, the kind of um baroque like um you know just, just the the massive scale of the cities and how unique those cities look um and just i've never seen anything again like that like the star wars prequels but they're all have you read akira oh i i've read some of akira i've not gotten through the whole fucking thing i i work in a comic book store and i'm not read all of it i'm on volume five (laughs) oh cool Um, i have all six but um oh yeah it's fucking amazing um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the first, well, the, my thing with comic books, and mm. this is my thing with everything, but especially, mm. especially with comic books, I will start to read one, and then I'll start reading something else, I'll start reading something else, and then I'll start mm. one I'm reading over. So I've started volume one of Akira over like six times. <laughs> so like that's why I haven't gotten through the whole fucking thing. You need to but, like uh, get to. Yeah, you need to. I mean, get you can read volume. I want to say like. I mean four. I mean like shit, man. It's so good, but it's. I'm starting to like. I I I think I I think I got to like near the end of one, mm-hmm. but like I bought two, and then I gave my neighbor one. So I'll just, I'll start reading two, and, and I'll get into I'll get into it. 
We'll, we're, we'll, we'll, we're, 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 if you read, if you read two, I'll have you back on. We can talk about volume two. Definitely, uh, definitely, dude. I, yeah, yeah, I'll read two. I'll read two yeah. like tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll those books. Back. I mean, the, the thing is, you can read Akira fast. You yeah, think that it's like because it's like thousands there, of pages, but it's, it's quick. a fast read. Yeah, manga is like that's why I like manga like that too, because it's like manga is like either be this phone book, but you'll be like, yeah, I can get through this in like yes, you know what I mean, like two hours and I'm done. Yeah, uh, it's like a movie almost, you know. There's um, so many comics that are influenced by that, especially in the 90s, that are just like completely American Akira. Yeah, this is yeah. what I mean. Like it's such a it's such a seminal work. Definitely, and it's also it's also a work that is like Otomo is referencing uh, shit too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, definitely. So it's, it's it just shows you like how everything is sort of uh, influencing everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everything, everywhere, all at once. No. Um, I have never. Was that would be good? I didn't watch. I have never movie. watched the movie. Like I've never watched that movie. Um, People were um, like, "You're gonna like it because it's like, it's like comic book shit." I'm, I'm like, probably nah, not gonna I'm like. Not gonna like it. I'm probably not gonna like it. <laughs> I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure I'm not. Gonna I, like I just know like the Daniels, and I'm like, I'm probably not gonna like the shit. Like I'm because the movies that they're trying to be like, I watch those movies, and I'm like, mm. I'll just watch them, not not your <laughs> your fucking stupid version. <laughs> like, you know, what I'm saying? even though I like Michelle Yo, you know, and all that shit, like. I mean, there's so many cool movies that I can watch Michelle Yeoh in. I'm sure it's more well put together, more well written, more well conceived mm-hmm. than, you know, uh, fuck, the movie we just watched. <laughs> the Giver. <laughs> but it's I'm going to watch better the Giver. Than the Giver on a story. Level. I'm going to watch yeah. the Giver 2 and 3 before I watch everything everywhere all at once. Definitely. I would much rather watch there's No Giver. question. Yeah, again. <laughs> And watch Jimmy Walker rapping again. Yes. Like fucking, uh, well, and by the way, Jimmy Walker's transformation, when he transforms into a giant, <laughs> it looks like a gremlin mixed with Jar Jar Binks. Uh, and it's, he still has on his uh, necklaces, the African necklace. And fucking, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? And then the moment where they run through a movie shoot and then the director looks like a Steven Spielberg kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is, again, the Giver. For those who don't know, like the Giver is definitely a weird movie, and it's fucking yes. great. Of again, the Giver is the one of the coolest looking. By the way, I didn't mention that. Like the Giver is mm-hmm. one of the coolest looking characters. Like yes, the way it, the design, the way the fucking the body armor, but then the helmet with the fucking the fucking mask that like has the fucking it shoots out the jets of like steam. Mm-hmm. Like it's fucking like the eyes, the fucking. The, the 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 blades that come out his elbows it's a very like i don't know like a vicious kind of sleek like if a fucking if a, if a uh i don't know a muscle car was a person <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah. or, or you know what i mean like it definitely has like it's a fucking i don't know like weird this weird kind of alien destroyer kind of yeah i don't know um have you seen um hakider mm-hmm. Oh, Hakider's dope. Uh, Hakider's actually way better than this. We could have did. We could have did this. Okay. okay, but uh, uh, how do you spell that one? Uh, I will spell it for you. Let me let me make sure it's right. Um, also very Power Rangers esque. Also okay. very Japanese, but super fucking violent. There's um, been a wave of Power Rangers comics, by the way. Yeah, and you know that there's a new Shin Kamen Rider movie that came out in Japan. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, which is again inspired all that shit. Uh, hyper violent as well. Yeah. Um, but uh the way you spell Hakider is H. Let me see here. H A 
Here it is. H-A-K-A-I-D-E-R. And the movie is Mechanical Violator Hakaider, or aka mm. just Hakaider. Uh yeah. Again, same kind of deal though. Like the dystopia, you know what I'm saying? Cyber, mm. cyberpunk, a motherfucking android. Yeah. That might be human, but more basically is an android robot with again getting into the idea of like consciousness and just this fucking robot that's like destroying and fucking beating the shit out of motherfuckers. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy shit. Oh, <laughs> you posted about the Metal Gear Solid the other day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was curious. You're a fan of those games? I'm a fan of uh fucking Kojima. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like Metal Gear Solid. I thought like about Death Stranding. Yeah, I still haven't. I've never played Death Stranding, dude. But I feel like I feel Death like during Stranding, the pandemic, yeah. I feel like during the pandemic, I was playing Death Stranding in real life because <laughs> I would like do fucking like deliveries and shit during the pandemic, like when no one was out, like just being doing it and shit. Like yeah. I felt like I was in. I felt like I was like, this is that game. Like this is I have a friend who's like been. fucking crazy <laughs> um, on Instagram, and he told me that like having schizophrenia and being a like a fucking Postmates delivery guy yeah. is the exact same thing as Death Stranding because he would just be like delivering shit and then all of a sudden the shadow people show up and it's like oh shit the shadow people are here. <laughs> gotta hide I mean that. like Death Stranding is very like yeah it's very it's crazy it's it's, <laughs> it's one of those games that feels very relevant but but also it's, even though really, I know that he's about to put out Death Stranding too is uh, are they really well he's shooting it now like they've been posting oh, like, like he's got uh what's her name um what's her name sister uh the actress who was in Neon Demon um uh her sister is uh was also in um why am i blanking on all these names dude like yeah uh i should these these are people whose actresses who who i should not be blanking on um at all whatsoever eli l fanning okay dakota fanning sister uh yeah but l fanning's in ds2 obviously and uh not dirty sprite 2 but death training 2 Uh, shout out to future uh, Dirty Sprite 2 classic album. Um, uh, the classic album for people who like to listen to music that makes you do bad. Like, no, uh, demonic music. Uh, Dirty Sprite 2 is demonic. Um, <laughs> demonic. Finally music. playing Metal Gear Solid 5. Um, That's why I was asking. Oh, yeah. Metal Gear Solid. I thought about getting the old PlayStation and just to play the Metal Gear. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. It's a cool game. Um, Kojima's an interesting. Cr- artist you know what i'm saying um yeah very 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 interesting weird dude like i just like the way he names his characters it's like yeah hard man and shit like that <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> solid snake uh you know yeah. what I mean? like just like yeah yeah um but the whole kind of illuminati you know secretly slowly taking over america and then like by the 90s they've like fully taken it over and like i don't know it's it's interesting kind of kind of kind of weird japanese game of thrones type of thing he's doing i don't know it's 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 pretty cool i think um, yeah he's definitely an interesting sort of the way he like really just loves pop culture um, yeah and like yeah like he's a he's a pastiche artist in his own way but like the way he does it is so foreign not yeah people, it's because he is he's not from america so like right. he doesn't have the he's influenced by the west but it's very much that eastern kind of sensibility that's... there's a weird thing with um you know you're playing metal gear solid 5 i just finally got pretty far into it recently 
and like you you encounter these things the skulls mm-hmm. that are like the dead people that are like halfway into the world of the dead mm-hmm. and when you encounter them your strategy with fighting them is almost identical to your strategy with fighting like fucking shadow people mm-hmm. in death stranding and it's, it's just like that tripped me out so much that it's like um completely different games you should check out uh I've been on I've been on his podcast and he's been he's been on my podcast uh writer uh J David Osborne he has a book called uh I I have the book it's pretty good it's called You Pray for Dry Weather at the Side of the Sun it's a it's a it's a series of essays uh, and it's about death stranding really like, like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like he's like talks about like how he played death stranding and how like it's it, again it's just essays about how death stranding in his life and like how he's it's just a cool little it's a fairly thin thin book too it's not even that long you burn through it's it. one of the most literary games ever played yeah yeah it, it is a game that plays like a book you know yeah yeah, yeah. uh and it's i feel again like it's just interesting because i look at things like that i look at things like the giver um and i don't know what i don't know why but though you know um all of it seems like related to sort of marvel specifically like when i say marvel i don't mean the comics i mean specifically the movies um really obviously obviously i'm referencing the comics because okay there would there would be no mcu without the comics right like that's what they're drawing from but the reason i say not the comics is because i mean culturally right now right as much as the comics have were the were the egg that came before the chicken right yeah and as much as everyone knows these comics the movies are so ubiquitous and so yeah so influential and 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 everywhere um that their influence is sort of like it's so omnipresent yeah that that like i feel like it's affected us yeah everybody like you know what i'm saying like it's affected us in weird ways um like yeah. we can talk about that idea of like you know when we were talking about land and like uh people having these weird like Oedipal, like Oedipal complexes or whatever mm-hmm. and then like wanting mommy yeah. and daddy right you know wanting the nanny state shit and like yeah like all of that comes back to sort of like i always can't help but say it a time and time again like something about like this these cape movies you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like these, these having these be the biggest things when yeah. the um even even the guyver and the stuff like that where it's like i, I look at the those things as like more like it's fruit of the tree right but like more it's become something else it's mutated again right mutation is a theme <laughs> but yeah. it's mutated into this other thing this other monster like you know what i mean where it's like but, yeah we do have an infantilization thing going but, on baudrillard like, talked about the perfection of art as a problem mm-hmm. and that like that like the problem with modern film is it's become too perfect and i think that like the guyver and to some degree the kojima games are imperfect versions of what we want and marvel is this horrific like lovecraftian monster of like giving you exactly what you want in the most perfect form of it for the most possible eyeballs yeah. And it just turns into this like 
thing that is like it, it's so much worse than you never getting what you want you get what you want and you have to watch it and if you don't watch it you're not you're not like in the conversation or whatever mm. <laughs> but it's like it's so much like it's like like most of us probably just wish that she didn't exist like most you know it's like well, you know what Baudrillard is it's it it it, it I think that Baudrillard is so relevant just because like that whole, you know, the simulacra and the simulation shit, mm -hmm. right? Like that idea that like society is we're all, it's all symbols now. Yeah. That's literally what everything is like, you know, we don't have actual politics anymore. It's all sing. It's all symbols. Yeah. Everything is about a symbol. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is about yeah. like sort of, uh, being a, a a a a representing something through through oh like again like representation like what is that right. you know what i'm saying what is yeah. that like but yeah you know what i mean like that's not a that's actually not a material kind of uh solution for anybody it really you know yeah. it's like oh it's still the same system it's like this it's you're literally just say not changing anything because right. the system is already like that the system is one lucky person gets picked and they get plucked out of now you get to be up here with the with the fucking you're away from the, the pores now you're right because if that's what representation is what it's, it's so crazy how they pulled this trick right in front of the people's eyes where they're like look this person who's queer and right. yeah. <laughs> black or uh neurodivergent or whatever they're now they're in a position of it's like yeah but all this they get all the benefits nobody right. that looks the rest of the people that look like them or that fall into that that sort yeah. of designation don't yeah so how is it any different then that's the way this shit is set up one there's always a few lucky few and then the rest it's like it's not like oh the moment that they put a bunch of black people and stuff that like all black people now are about to be on right like no we see that shit it doesn't it, so it's like idea of the reward is the symbol you yeah know, the symbol is the reward like we got a black president right we got a fucking uh fucking a woman judge blah. you know what i mean it's like yeah but none of it's done any it's all symbols it's all you know like that's it like that's the only people always talk about that idea of like it's like a fucking more that pyrrhic victory or some shit like yes that shit like that's not yeah. a, that's not a real victory <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah but that's how we sort of like uh logically it's a coping mechanism that we sort of all have uh but he's not so uh the the one the person he's plagiarizing is mm -hmm. Debor, who wrote the the society of the spectacle mm -hmm. he was a marxist and right. the, thing, the thing well first of all the thing about to know about Baudrillard is like he was the most hardcore kind of marxist he was like the mm -hmm. dude who was like gonna like blow up a building or shit. like he was like a crazy fucking marxist and he got like black pilled and was like fuck all this shit and like that's the baudrillard we know is the one who went through that and then became something else uh because he he got disenchanted but uh de boer was you know super super sort of like critical of capitalism and all this sort of stuff but the interesting thing with baudrillard is that he he's like seeing all the positives of of our condition and it's like this kind of nihilistic happiness that he has in a lot of his texts where he's saying like we're free from freedom we no longer have to worry about freedom we're free of freedom 
like the the whole narrative around freedom that's over we're already we that was that was in history we're past the end of history we're free of freedom we don't have to worry about trying to liberate ourselves anymore um and like you know there's obviously you can call bullshit on that a lot of ways you can call bullshit on that but at the same time there's there's a weird kind of uh there's a weird kind of positivity there that i can latch on to and i'm like yes like we're kind of you know we're not in the same um we're there there's there's a different kind of struggle and like you you can you there's a, there's so many people that are recreating the same struggles that were happening 50 years ago so it's like it's not it's not like those struggles are gone but there is a way of kind of getting out of all that and then getting into this weird kind of struggle about authenticity where it's like mm-hmm. you're not really so much worried about trying to be free as you're worried about trying to be true or trying to be like what you actually believe versus what your representation of yourself which i am speaking on a podcast on a recording right now so obviously anybody who hears me is hearing a representation of me right and i'm trying to make the best representation of that self that i can so that that's already like a, a level of alienation and distance but i'm like trying to authentically represent myself beyond that sort of screen version where um you know i'm not i'm not so much worried about um i guess like my freedom from capitalism or whatever like i'm much more worried about like coming off as a pretentious douchebag you know like that's that's more what i'm worried about when i when i talk you know yeah yeah no 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 i yeah i definitely understand that 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 concern because i mean that's definitely one that i'm always thinking of too but also like um not and we already kind of said this but like this idea of like exposing yourself to these ideas and mm-hmm. talking about them but also talking them with the, from the from from the trying to talk about these things from the position of the lay person yes like, and i don't and i mean me being the lay person like i'm not looking at it as like oh i need to like communicate for the lay person no i'm saying i'm the lay person like like I, I would rather approach everything through, through that sort of, yeah, like mindset where it's like, because yeah. I feel like that's like the 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 path to true understanding is sort of like mm-hmm. that kind of like humbling oneself to be like, oh yeah, I don't know what, what is this? Tell me what this is. I don't understand shit. Like yeah, how how do I relate this in the most simplistic way to my own yeah. life and to my understanding of life and like the the world around me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, I feel like some of the stuff that we're talking about and some of the sort of topics that we talk about may seem impenetrable, um, not only to the people, but to us. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think that's the point that probably gets missed by people is like going towards the things that seem impenetrable. Yeah. Um, Like trying to figure that out, trying to figure out like what the fuck what what is this like why is this you know what i mean like well i'm i'm only a person too and and i basically smoked weed and read Mm. a thousand plateaus for like five years (laughs) like that's basically how i like have a good take on it or whatever Mm. yeah i just i mean even me like i might my reading habits are really weird um i read different stuff and 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 I, I binge read, you know what I'm I mean? Here, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm either reading a lot or I'm not reading at all. Yeah. You know, it's either, it's no, it's usually, I try to, I've tried for years to be like consistent and it's like, no, it's either I'm reading a lot or I'm not. Yeah. Um, 
I read a shitload of comics and then I read everything other than comics sporadically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I work in a comic book store, so it's just like comics are coming at me all the fucking time. But right. And, yeah. And, and I hate I hate like uh I don't consider audiobooks reading. Um um Yeah. Because I've listened to audiobooks mm-hmm. and it's it's not the same. Like I not don't I don't retain shit. Yeah. Which is weird because I like listen to podcasts and I definitely know that like but I feel like podcasting is sort of like a, a passive kind of way of, and I feel like reading isn't passive. Even yeah. though, you know what I mean? Like reading is like, you're like, listening is different than like having to like read. Like, you know what Definitely. I mean? Like, I feel like you retain the information in a different way. Yeah. The way you're taking it in. So yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so um, I'm one of those people who's like, well, I'm just going to keep accumulating books and getting through them at the pace that I can. Definitely. Um, uh, but yeah, like this, 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 this shit. Like this is why it's important to talk about shit like Acura, like and like yeah. stupid shit like the Giver. Because I feel like <laughs> if you can like uh, take something as goofy as that and like relate it mm-hmm. to like bigger kind of ideas and concepts, then like I feel like that's a good way in. That's a good entry point. Yeah. Because that shit is it. Because it just highlights that like the shit is in everything. Have you seen the Acura uh, Mark Fisher and Nick Land video? No, but I'm going to watch it after. Oh, you got to watch this. <laughs> I didn't even know that there was the one. No shit. shit. Like, it's just shit. like. You got to just. Like, obviously, Acura. Like, obviously, what's his name is Nick Land. And the dude being like, no, don't do it. That's Mark Canada. Fisher. Canada. <laughs> and then fucking uh, uh, as Nick Land is Tetsuo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Nick Land is Tetsuo and, and Mark Fisher is uh, Kaneda. Yep. <laughs> uh, I might, I think I may have seen something like that. Yeah, I did. I think I saw somebody posted on IG. Yeah, I think. Um, but yeah, I feel like uh, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty good place to sort of put a button on this episode. Yeah. Uh, go check out that um, Nick Land and I might have. You know, I think I might have shared that shit on on one of my shit posting accounts. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, go check out the Nick Land and um, <laughs> check out the Nick Land and fucking Mark Fisher uh, uh, Akira uh, video and um, watch the Giver if you want to watch something that shows um, Jimmy Walker turn into a, a six foot three gremlin <laughs> creature uh, in rap and then get killed by a man in it. Yeah body armored alien suit uh and like check out the the anime as well um again all of this stuff is available online to stream you can stream yeah. the guyver movies on the internet archive and i think on youtube you can watch probably them too um you can definitely watch the anime on the the youtube um so this isn't one of those deep cuts where you can't find it um you can watch it for free or you can pay for it why would you pay for it though <laughs> I can understand how you pay for it. Like, <laughs> I know Arrow. I know Arrow put out a, a Blu-ray uh, of the Giver, which don't. Hmm. I like Arrow as a company um, in terms of like their Blu-rays, but don't give them the money for this. Like, uh, <laughs> watch it for free. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, as always, um, you know, thanks for listening, and uh, thank you, Jack, for coming. Oh on. yeah, dude, thank um, you. 
when you read it, when you read volume two of Akira, let me yeah, know. Um, we definitely. can definitely do an Akira volume two episode. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about Nick Land and all kinds of other shit, both yeah. shit in the process of that. Uh, uh, but yeah, man. Uh, Here's when I'll definitely have a lot to say about. Yeah. 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 It, that's why I did it. That's why I wanted to do a series that was like based around it because it's so, uh, it's, it's, it's like Kevin Bacon. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you could detach anything to it. Definitely. Six degrees of Acura. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, have a good one. And yeah. Yeah, keep listening, subscribe, do all the things that they tell you to do. Or don't. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> it's okay, man.